We're in John chapter 21. And we're going to read from verse 15 to the end. So you'll know when the end's coming before we get there. After they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Take care of my lambs. And a second time, Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. And a third time, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. I am telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to get ready and go anywhere you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will bind you and take you where you don't want to go. And in saying this, Jesus was indicating the way in which Peter would die and bring glory to God. And then Jesus said to him, Follow me. And Peter turned round and saw behind him that other disciple whom Jesus loved. The one who had leaned close to Jesus at the meal and had asked, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus answered him, If I want him to live until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. And so a report spread among the followers of Jesus that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He said, if I want him to live until I come, what is that to you? And he is the disciple who spoke of these things. The one who also wrote them down. And we know that what he said is true. Now, there are many other things that Jesus did. And if they were all written down it, one by one... I suppose that the whole world could not hold the books that would be written. 
Amen. We will know that we uh, we uh, were looking at John chapter 21, and we were thinking about fishing on the right side of the boat. Uh, we saw how Peter and the disciples uh, had gone fishing on that Sunday morning, and uh, they hadn't caught anything. Their nets were empty, and uh, we spoke about the ones that got away, and we talked about the the reality of the situation that that people. Uh, are falling away from church and not attending church. And this is the situation uh, that we live in. And uh, then we saw how they had that catch of the day, <clears throat> that miraculous catch, and how Peter, as always, went straight overboard and he couldn't wait to get to Jesus on the beach. And we thought about fishing on the right side of the boat and we said it was about uh, listening and doing uh, what Jesus says. We said it was letting go of the old and welcoming the new and it was learning to fish in a new place. And we left them having uh, breakfast on the beach with Jesus. And this is where we pick up uh, the story this morning. And uh, we're looking as Jesus reinstates Peter. And uh, picking it up in verse 15 of chapter 21. And the first thing that I want to say is that uh, Peter's failure is not final. Peter's failure is not final. Some of us know all about failure, don't we? Some of us have uh, experienced failure in our lives. If you are a supporter of uh, Burnley Football Club, you know a great deal about failure. You know about empty nets. Forgive me. <laughs> but the great news at the end of John's gospel is that Peter's failure is not final. It's not the end. Very often when people fail in this world, uh, we write people off, don't we? We say, oh, they failed. Uh, they might have had a lot of potential, but at the end of the day, they failed. And in a serious manner, some of us know what that's like. We know what it's like to have tried our best and yet to have failed or to have even been called a failure. When they had finished eating, notice that Jesus, um, on that morning after the, the miraculous catch, he prepares breakfast for them and, uh, and gives Peter a good meal. We don't think anything of that. Um, but in sitting down and eating with people... Jesus was extending a welcome. One of the great criticisms about Jesus' ministry uh, by the religious people of his day was that he welcomed sinners and eats with them. That was a criticism of Jesus' ministry, that he sat down and he ate with sinners. And in doing so, he was saying that he accepted them. And so in preparing a meal for the disciples who had all failed, they'd all run away uh, when Jesus had been arrested, Jesus prepares this meal and he sits down with them and he eats them. And then he says, Simon Peter, says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, Jesus uses uh, 
Peter's old name, Simon, son of John. Uh, is, is Jesus just being a bit formal? You know, you know you're in trouble, don't you, when somebody uses your full name? Um, or is, he, is, is Jesus using uh, his old name as a kind of challenge, you know, to Peter? Are you going to be... Are you going to be Simon or are you going to be Peter? Remember that Jesus gave uh, Simon the name Peter and said, you are going to be the, the rock on which I build this church. And he, he gave him this new name. And there's a sense in when, when Jesus says Simon, son of John, he's, he's perhaps gently reminding Peter that he once responded to that challenge to follow Jesus in the same place on the shores of Lake Galilee, in the same place he made those promises to follow Jesus. Promises that he hadn't been able to live up to. He had failed. But the good news is that failure is not final. And notice that Jesus asked him the question, do you love me? It's interesting to notice what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say, Peter, you messed up, didn't you? He doesn't say, what about all those things that you promised? Do you remember that, that Peter was the one that said, even if everybody else falls away, I'll stay with you even to death. Uh, Jesus doesn't mention that. He asks him the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Uh, Michael Card, in his book about the emotional life of Simon Peter, he calls it a fragile stone, which is a, an interesting title. He says this, he says, Notice Peter's position of leadership is based not on his faith, but on his love. His faith has failed him more times than either of them can count. But his love has been constant, powerful, even if occasionally misguided. Peter's failure is not final. Jesus wants to know, do you still love me? Doesn't ask Peter to uh, apologize. Doesn't uh, Peter never says that he's that he's sorry. What Jesus is interested in is, do you still love me? And that's what Jesus wants. He wants our love. It's interesting that I noticed in, in the song that we uh, we sang, I, I love that song that we sang during the offering, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about the, the lyric, uh, especially for a guy, you know, Jesus, I'm so in love with you. Um, are we in love with Jesus? I, I love Jesus, but I'm, I'm, I, I don't love Jesus in the same way that I, I love my wife. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we only have one word for love. And uh, in, some of you will know that in the language that Jesus spoke, there were several different words that could be used for love. And there's two different words that are used in this passage. Um, we're called to love Jesus. And uh, it's interesting because the word that Jesus uses for love is a word called agape, a Greek word. And it had the kind of the, uh, the meaning of a, a kind of total commitment, uh, a sacrificial love. Not a kind of, uh, you know, fuzzy feeling love that perhaps uh, you experience uh, when you fall in love with somebody. But this was about a commitment, about a love that actually costs something. That's what Jesus was talking about when he says, Simon, uh, son of John, do you love me? And uh, Simon says, yes, Lord, 
He said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. You see, failure is not final. Failure is not final for Peter. Uh, Jeff Lucas in his book, Faith in the Fog, that's uh, Jeff Lucas on, on the left, or your right. He says, grace welcomes Peter, not the faithful, saintly, strong version that Peter wanted to be, but the fickle, cussing, temperamental, impulsive, and weak man that Peter was. And so it is with us. I quite like that. Uh, the idea, you know, that Jesus welcomes Peter, even though he's messed up, and he welcomes us, even though we mess up again and again and again. Failure is not final in the kingdom of God. You get a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. And some of us need it, don't we? Some of us need it. You know, sometimes you only get one chance. Uh, the gospel gives us chance after chance after chance. Rob Bell in his book about what we talk about when we talk about God, he says this, he says, and so when I'm talking about God, I'm talking about a Jesus who invites us to embrace our weakness and doubt and anger and whatever pain and helplessness we've been carrying around, offering it up in all its mystery to God, trusting that in the same way that Jesus' offering of his body and blood brings us new life, this present pain and brokenness can also be turned into something new. Peter was a broken man. Um, earlier on in, in John 21, we'd, 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 we read about his empty nets. Well, he was empty. He was spent. He'd, he'd done his best and he'd failed. And Jesus says, well, actually, I, I, I can use that. When you recognize that on your own, you can't succeed, then I can do something with you. While you're trying in your own strength, I can't help you. And again, this is good news, that God actually wants to help us. And that we, we can bring our weaknesses, we can bring our failures, we can bring all the things that have gone wrong, and we can lay them at the foot of the cross. And Jesus welcomes us. Peter's failure is not final. Secondly, I want to say that Peter's forgiveness sets him free. There's something about when you forgive somebody that it actually releases them. It sets them free. We were joking around really with the children. And, and children are, but I wasn't joking when I said children can be a lot more forgiving than adults. Uh, children find it easy to forgive. Adults, we don't find it easy to forgive. Uh, you know, do you keep a list? Do you keep a, a list of, of those people that have that have hurt you and, and harmed you along the way? Do you keep a mental list of those of those things that have been said to you? Those not very nice things. Perhaps people have talked about the fact that you've not done very well, that you failed. Do you, do you keep that list? You know, there's there's a sense in which forgiveness sets us free. It means we can rip up the list. It means that we don't have to hold on to the bad things that have been said and done to us and the bad experiences that we've been through. Jesus, in this conversation with Peter, is reminding him of his failure in a very gentle way so that he can forgive him. 
Again, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, reminding him of those three times in which Peter denied Jesus. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter's forgiveness sets him free to continue to follow and serve Jesus. Tom Wright says this, he says, The scene between Jesus and Peter is one of the most spectacular interchanges in the whole Bible, perhaps all literature. The most remarkable thing about it, by way of forgiving, Jesus gives Peter a job to do. By way of forgiving, Peter is given a job to do. In other words, Jesus says, I believe in you, Peter. You're still the rock on which I want to build my church. Even though you've failed, I'm still going to build my rock on you. When Peter professes his love, Jesus doesn't say, well, that's all right then. He says, well then, feed my lambs, look after my sheep, feed my sheep. He gives him that commission to go out and continue to serve God. It's okay. And we need to know that. We need to hear that. Because most of us have experienced failure. We've experienced times when we've tried to live our best for God, but we know that we've failed in so many different ways. And we need to hear those words. Feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. That God is still for us and not against us. Have you grown up feeling that, uh, you know, God's disappointed with you? You know, I, I grew up in a, in a family. I, I was that second awkward child. And, uh, my brother was incredibly intelligent. Uh, he won a free scholarship to Manchester Grammar School. I've got twin sisters and, and they seem to be incredible, in, incredibly intelligent as well. And, and they went to the girls high school. I failed my 11 plus and went to the local comprehensive school. Um, you kind of, when you start comparing yourself with, with people, you know, certainly in my family, you kind of start to feel that perhaps I haven't done quite as well as, as everybody else. But I'll always remember that, especially my mum, uh, she always believed in me. She always stuck up for me. Uh, even when people were complaining or, 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 or telling her things, she always believed in me and wanted to see the best in me. And, Jesus, in reinstating Peter, he says, you know, I believe in you. Yes, you've failed, you've messed up, um, but I still want you on my team. In fact, I want you to lead my team. Uh, this isn't the way that the world operates. The world wants the best people uh, to be leaders. They want the people who are, who are highly qualified, who are highly skilled, who can go out there and do it and, 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 and are brilliant. Uh, this is, I guess, this, last week we were thinking about fishing on the right side. This is thinking on the right side. Jesus wants people who are honest about their failures, about who they are, who don't pretend, 
And he can use people like that. Peter's forgiveness sets him free. It releases him from a painful past. And maybe there are people here this morning, you know, that, that you've got things that you need to be released from. The things in the, in the past that are actually holding you back, that are an, enabling you, are, are spoiling relationships. Jesus wants to set you free. Michael Card says, Now he understands that his position of leadership is founded not on his strength, but on his brokenness. Peter's leadership, he's going to be the leading light of the church. Um, but his leadership is built on that brokenness rather than any strength on his, on his own. Peter's forgiveness sets him free. And then finally, Peter's future is foretold. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter's future is foretold. I don't know about you, but... uh, I've heard people say, you know, you know, follow Jesus and, uh, and everything will be fine. Uh, all your prayers will, will be answered. Um, they even say, you know, Jesus died for you and, and, and your salvation is free of charge, no cost, just accept it. I hesitate to say, what a load of rubbish. But actually there's a great cost in following Jesus. And people that tell you there's no cost in following Jesus, they're not reading the same gospel that I read. And that I read. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, then you've got to take up your cross and follow me. Uh, That actually meant being prepared uh, to give you life. Uh, So I don't think there's any bigger cost than that. Uh, Sometimes people, you know, say, you know, believe in God and follow God and he'll look after you and he'll take care of you. And he won't let anything bad happen to you. That is rubbish. That is absolute rubbish. There is, there is no promise in Scripture that says nothing bad will happen to you. In fact, the opposite. We see it here. Uh, Jesus is telling Peter that basically following him is going to lead to, to his, his death. When he talks about uh, his future, he says, you know, you, you are going to follow me. That promise that you made, uh, you know, at the supper when you said even if everybody else walks away, I'll follow you even to death. I'm going to call in that promise. If you continue to follow me. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, we need to, we need to recognize that. Uh, that following Jesus isn't, isn't easy. It's very hard. It's very difficult. And it doesn't guarantee um, a healthy, uh, rich life in this world. It does in the next, but not in this world. Again, in his book, Faith in the Fog, uh, Jeff Lucas uh, picking up on this, he says, perhaps we've known better times in the past, seasons of great breakthrough when prayer was invariably answered and it seemed that whatever we touched turned to gold. We felt like we could walk on water. Have you ever felt like that? You felt so, so great about yourself and so, so confident that, you know, you could, you, you, you could do anything. Uh, I can remember when I first became a Christian, I, I was 20 and uh, I, I thought I could take on the world. Um, I thought I was going to convert the world. I thought I was going to be the next Billy Graham. I thought all you had to do was was stand in the middle of the town centre and proclaim Jesus and everybody would just come. I, I felt, that's how I felt. Um, 
to be honest, I don't feel like that anymore, uh, even though I've been a Christian for, for over 30 years. Jeff Lucas goes on to say, you know, but now the blue sky is being replaced by cloudier days. Summer has turned into an autumnal season. The question is this, will we still be faithful and love Jesus now, even if walking through water is what is needed? Will we still follow? Will we still follow? Will we still follow when the going is tough? Or will we give up? Will we still follow when, uh, when we're called to make some sort of sacrifice? When we're not going to put ourselves first, but we have to make choices? Will we still follow? And then Peter turned and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him. That's John, uh, the writer of the gospel, a very humble man. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? What's going to happen to him? And again, we see, you know, the, the human frailty of, of Peter. What about him? What's going to happen to him? And, you know, the reason why we love Peter so much is because we can identify with his failure. We can identify with his frailty. We can identify with him. He wants to know what's going to happen to him. Is he going to get a better deal than me or a worse deal or the same? What's going to happen? Uh, anybody here that feel that they've got a, you know, a bad deal in this life? That other people are having a, a better time, that they don't seem to get as, 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 as much rubbish as, as you get. You ever feel like that? Uh, you know, when we're, when, when, when we're kids, we, we often compare, don't we? Oh, it's not fair. Uh, my brother's getting more than me. Oh, he's being allowed to, to stay up later. It's not fair. And that doesn't leave us, does it, in adults? Oh, my next door neighbor's got new, uh, new double glazing. Oh, my next door neighbor's got a new car. Uh, they don't seem to get any health issues. You know, we, we constantly, don't we, we compare ourselves with others. And what does Jesus say? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? In other words, he says, Peter, just mind your own business. Uh, we're having a conversation. Uh, and sometimes we, we, we're too interested in, in what's happening to other people. We think people are, are getting a better deal than us or, or we're comparing ourselves with other people. And Jesus says, you concentrate on following me. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't look at other people. Uh, you must follow me. Peter's future is foretold. And it isn't a pleasant future on this earth. And again, we just have to remind ourselves, and, and maybe this is comforting to those that have struggled. Uh, when you look at other Christians and think, well, they don't seem to, you know, is there something wrong with me because all these bad things are happening to me? Um, Jesus doesn't make that promise of happiness and health and certainly not of riches in this life. But he does promise us a future in heaven. And that's the promise that helps us to cope in this earth. As we kind of think about that uh, message and, uh, and just before we pray, we're just going to uh, listen to a song. Uh, 